Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for The, the sins that this nation has committed, and we got to stand out there in the open air and and confess it aloud for people to hear. Confessing it, get it on this goat, and then go turn it loose. Get it out of here, away from us. Get it out of here. I talked about sweeping dirt under a rug. Well, my mom would have said, no, don't sweep it under the rug. Get it out of the house. So we saw atonement, and we also saw get it out of Israel. Get it away from us way far away. As long as it was far from the Israelites, that was the point. That was the scapegoat. Leviticus 16.23, Then Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of meeting, shall take off the linen garments which he put on when he went into the holy place, and shall leave them there. And he shall wash his body with water in a holy place, put on his garments, come out and offer his burnt offering, and the burnt offering of the people, and make atonement for himself and for the people. The fat of the sin offering he shall burn on the altar, and he who released the goat as the scapegoat shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. Okay, a quick picture there. This guy had to go out of the camp to get the sin out of there. Friends, when they crucified Jesus, they didn't crucify him in town. They crucified him outside to get it out, symbolic, get it away. The cross was not done in town. It was done outside the camp, okay? So the priest and the man that led the scapegoat away, they they both had to wash again for ceremonial purity before they could go back around to the people. But even after all that, they still had to do a burned offering for even further atonement covering for themselves and the people. Friends, I think God is trying to show us how dirty, how vile, how disgusting our sin is and how much work it takes to clean it up. You ever seen a real mess and thought, man, I'm going to be forever cleaning this stuff up. That's what we have done. That's what I have done, especially me. I sinned bad. I made a mess, guys. It took a lot of work to clean up what I've done. We can see this in this picture. Leviticus 16.27 The bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, shall be carried outside the camp. There it is again. There's another picture of Jesus. He was crucified outside. And they shall burn in the fire their skins, their flesh, and their offal. Then he who burns them shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. Now, look at this, guys. This shall be a statute forever for you. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict your souls and do no work at all, whether a native of your own country or a stranger who dwells among you. 
all of you who are a Gentile who are not Jewish, I want you to highlight or underline that right there where it says, or a stranger who dwells among you, because see, God included us Gentiles in that as well. That's great. Verse 30, for on that day, the priest shall make atonement for you to cleanse you that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. Aren't you glad God does this for us? Look at this. He didn't have to do this. Verse 31, it is a Sabbath of solemn rest for you, and you shall afflict your souls. It is a statute forever. And the priest who is anointed and consecrated to minister as priest in his father's place shall make atonement and put on the linen clothes, the holy garments. Then he shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make atonement for the tabernacle of meeting and for for the altar. And he shall make atonement for the priests and for all the people of the assembly. This shall be an everlasting statute for you to make atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. Nice little recap there at the end. I'm tired just reading it. Can you imagine having to be the guy that did it? That's a lot of work. Now, for those of you who might be thinking, well, this Yom Kippur thing, and I don't even know if I said it right because <laughs> my Hebrew's not that good. You're thinking this Yom Kippur thing, that, that's too Jewish for me. It's just too Jewish. I, I've, I've had people come into this church, and I try to show them the Jewishness of our faith. It's not this Americanized thing that we've made it to be. Our faith, our salvation is very, very Jewish. And when I show people the Jewishness, some people, they can't take it, and they flip out, and they, they leave, and I never see them again. They want to go back to that American Jesus that doesn't exist. I mean, I know you're thinking, this looks real Jewish to me. This is weird. Again, and I already made the point, I want you to look specifically at verse 29, because it says this was not only was for this atonement for the Jews, it's also for the stranger. It's also for the foreigner. This would be a Gentile who is not Jewish. This means me. If you're not Jewish, this is weird. Okay, that's okay, because we're not used to this stuff. But God says, you know what? I included you in this too. This also belongs to you. So thank God that he offers atonement for all of us. What if he said, nope, I'm the God of Israel. I only came to save them. Only the Jews get saved. Sorry, you're a Gentile. You're, you're toast. He came for us all, every one of us, Jew and Gentile alike. And verse 29 basically is my justification for why I'm covering this very Jewish-sounding holiday today. Because we're in it. And a lot of people, a lot of my Gentile friends don't know about this stuff. I didn't know about it growing up. It was just believe in Jesus, go to, just believe in Jesus, go to church, you're good. I didn't understand this stuff. And I needed to understand how much of a mess my sin made. So God intended Yom Kippur, the day of atonement for the Jews and for non-Jews like me too. The stranger, I'm the foreigner. In the Bible, when it says the foreigner, that's us. You know, when you go to these churches and they have a, a, a bulletin board on the wall and it says to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And there's a little pen in Houston area and they got a string that goes out to Israel like Israel's the foreigner. <laughs> the pen should be on Israel and that string should be coming out to us. We're the foreigner. We're the ones that's the stranger. We're the ones that's way out there. Okay. That's why this sounds weird to us, because it's, it's foreign to us. We're the foreigner. 
God intended Yom Kippur to be for us as well. So the Day of Atonement was to be repeated every year. And I'm going to tell you, if I'm still here next year, I'll be talking about the same thing next Yom Kippur. I'll be back on this this message again. Every year, and the people were to deny themselves. Remember we read it says they were to afflict their souls. It means they were to fast. They were to fast and deny themselves food. They were to deny themselves the the other pleasures. It's it's serious. You, You need to think about what this is. Be serious spiritually about the Day of Atonement. So they fasted as they prayed, and they were to do no work. And verse 34 reminds us how this is to be an everlasting statute. They were to not stop doing this. They're celebrating the Day of Atonement today. We're celebrating it today as well. We're observing it. We're we're studying it. They were to do it annually so that they would be clean before God. Now, over the course of a year, there's plenty of new sin. You know how quickly we forget stuff. Well, you know, Day of Atonement, that was six months ago. Let's go back to doing things as usual. We do that. We start stirring more sins up. But they were to do it again, to keep this up. That's why God says, keep this going. Friends, let me put it in a modern term for you. We're to be repentant all the time. You don't say, well, I got saved by Jesus. I'm good. We live repentantly every single day. Keep with repentance daily, all the time. So, wow, you know, after I read this, I think, what a messy, bloody chapter. Typically, you go to church to hear the feel-good stuff, the nice, clean stuff, not blood and guts and cut animals up and sprinkle their blood all over the place and burn them and all this stuff. I mean, this is, this is rough. It's like barbaric. Well, so was the crucifixion of Jesus. And he did it to cover you, and he did it to cover me. But why blood? Again, I'm asking messy stuff. Why blood? I, I gave you my best illustration that life has to cover death. But Hebrews 9.22 says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, which is the forgiveness of sins. Friends, that's why Jesus died on the cross. It was going to take the blood for atonement to cover the mess we made. And that's why Jesus had to die. Jesus couldn't just come and say, Hey, I just pronounce you all good, and I'm going to go back to heaven and see you later. He had to come here and die for it. He had to have his back ripped open, cut open. He had to have nails in his hands and his feet, crucified. It was bloody, barbaric, messy, rough stuff. But that's what it took to forgive us. Lifeblood had to cover, atone for our sin. It took the blood of Jesus Christ. And guess what? Jesus Christ fulfilled the day of atonement for us. You notice we don't step out, and uh, churches don't step out and cut these animals up anymore. You know why we don't do that anymore? Because Jesus Christ fulfilled this day for us. He fulfilled the Day of Atonement by dying on the cross and spilling his own blood for us. I love the fact that Jesus didn't try to contract it out. I'm the king. I don't have to die on the cross. Somebody else do it. Nobody could do it. It had to be him. Only him, because he was the only one who was clean enough to do it. But guys, Jesus' sacrifice does not require annual repetition. Every year, Jesus doesn't come back down from heaven and die on a cross every single year. Because his blood was enough one time for all. All of us, just once. Hebrews 9.11 says, But Christ came as the high priest of the good things to come 
with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. See how Jesus fulfilled this day of atonement for us? This is the day of atonement this evening when the sun goes down. This is what Jesus died for. Talk to your friends about Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, when they go, huh? Say, well, that's what Jesus died to fulfill. Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Do you know why he died? Yeah, to save me. But do you know what it took to save you? Tell them about this, Yom Kippur. Now, Jesus, in this story, he's our high priest. He took on the death penalty himself. It's not handled by blood and the blood of goats and bulls anymore, but by the superior, perfect, cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. As our high priest, Jesus is the only one that could go in and do all that work. But when I say go in, we understand go in as far as Aaron's concerned. He went into the Holy of Holies. But when I say go in, where did Jesus go in? Hebrews 9.24, For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often, as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another, he then would have to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once, at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus took our sin and put it away. Thank God. I couldn't sleep at night if I didn't know this. Jesus came to make that once-for-all sacrifice so that the need of all these cleansing ceremonies and all the stuff going on that we read about, we don't have to do this anymore. But Christ's sacrifice was sufficient for all the sins of all those who would ever believe in him. Now, when his sacrifice was made, he declared on the cross when it was all done, he said, it is finished. means it's done. I took care of all of it. It is complete. It's like the seven times of the finger with the blood. He did it all. It is finished. There's no more work to do. Friends, you do not do part of the work of your salvation. You don't do it. He said, I did it all. It's finished. Guys, if he gave me 0.001% of it to do myself, I would mess that up because I'm a sinner. Thank God he did it all, right? And then he sat down at the right hand of God and no further sacrifice is needed. There's no more that has to be done because Jesus did it all. Now, you remember how the high priest had to bathe for purity. He had to clean up. Well, that was a mere mortal man. Aaron was a sinner just like me. He he had to bathe to be ceremonially clean. But our high priest, Jesus Christ, he was already sinless. Hebrews 7, 26, for such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy, harmless, undefiled separate, thank God, separate from sinners and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily at those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he died once for all when he offered up himself. Christ doesn't have to atone for himself. He doesn't have to atone for over and over again all these year after year. 
He was already sinless. He was already perfect. He is fitting for us. He did away with our sin. I just feel like I want to fall down on the floor right now and say, thank you, God. (laughs) It's so good. Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient. It was enough and totally complete for us. Now, remember how they sprinkled seven times. We are completely forgiven by Jesus. If you've given your life to the Lord God, if you have submitted yourself to him completely all the way, I'm all in, Jesus, then he says, then I will completely and totally forgive and clean you. Now, I want you to think about these two goats that we read about. They were two different goats. They served two different purposes. The blood of the first goat was sprinkled on the ark to satisfy God's wrath against our sin. That's what the first goat, what the the Lord's goat was for. Romans 5, 9 says, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Friends, hell was not made for you. It's made for Satan and his angels. God never intended you to go there. The lake of fire is the finality, the ultimate finality of what God's wrath is like. It's if you took God's wrath and super concentrated it, like whenever you burn leaves with a magnifying glass, you concentrate it on one spot, all of it hits right there. The lake of fire is the finality, the focus concentration of God's ultimate final wrath against sin. And you don't want to go there. But being justified by Jesus' blood, we can be saved from that wrath. God, what do you see in me that you would do this work for me? You know what he sees in you? He loves you. Let me just boil it down to that one simple thought. He loves you. That's it. And that's why he did it. Now, the second goat, the scapegoat, it took the sins, it removed the sins from the people as it was sent away out into the wilderness so that their sins were gone, forgotten. Get out of here, out of here, gone, forgotten. Hebrews 8.12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Friend, I know that some of y'all out there, you're beating yourself up over something you did a long time ago. You are abusing yourself repeating in your mind that crazy thing you did. You get forgiven by Jesus. You put it all on him. He says, I'm not going to remember it anymore, so why don't you get rid of it too? It's gone. I've done stupid things. I've done things I'm not proud of. I'll make it my testimony, but I'm not going to remember it for the sake of, oh, Lord, I did this, and let it beat me up. It's gone. It's not me anymore. Oh, Ray, I remember what you did back in 1980. I don't care. <laughs> That's gone. I will remember it no more. So if God will remember, he'll never hold it against you ever again, then why don't you stop holding it against yourself? So our sin is both, let me try to get these words right because I'm, I'm a redneck. <laughs> our sin is both propitiated and expiated. Propitiation is the act of appeasing the wrath of God, while expiation is the act of atoning for sin and removing it. So not only have we been paid for to satisfy God's wrath, but it's also been taken out with the trash. Two things. That's what we saw in these two goats. 
And Jesus himself, one sacrifice, he achieved both of these aspects for us eternally, not just for a year. Jesus' sacrifice achieved both propitiation and expiation. Jesus satisfied God's wrath against our sin, and now our sins will be remembered no more. Jesus did it all, all the way. Psalm 103, 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. It's gone. (laughs) Yes. But today the Jews, they still celebrate the annual day of atonement. They fast and they have intensive prayer. The Jews also, they spend most of their day in synagogue services. They would be in here, if this was a synagogue, they'd be in here all day. Guys, what a day to celebrate. This is a special day for you. That's why we're pausing from our regular study to talk about Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, so that you can leave and think all day, especially when you see that sunset and you're like, oh, the sun's almost down. Then when it gets dark, you're like, Day of Atonement's on thinking about what the Lord has done for you. Jesus is our mercy seat. We come to Jesus for mercy, for God has made provision for us to be forgiven forever by the sacred blood, the covering, the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. Let's think about that word atonement. The word atonement, it means cover. If you've ever had a wreck in your car, your insurance company covers the damage. Jesus atoned. He covered the damage that we caused. Jesus, I got in a sin wreck. Yep, I got that covered. If I cover myself with a blanket, you can't see me. Matter of fact, I remember when we were kids, we were playing hide and go seek in the house, and my sister was real, real little. She come looking for us. Me and my sister did a little trick. We put a blanket in the middle of the floor in the living room. We took our shoes off and stuck our shoes out the bottom of the blanket. We put pillows in to make it look like we were in there, and we did a recording on a tape recorder. Oh, she'll never find us. <laughs> and we put it under there and played it. she come in there, and she goes, aha, and she pulled the blanket off, and we weren't there. We thought that was funny. But the blanket covered. She couldn't see what was under that blanket. And friends, through the blood of Messiah, Jesus Christ, when we're covered with the blood of Jesus, God doesn't see our sins when he looks at us. He doesn't look at all the crazy things you've done when you've been covered by the atoning blood of Jesus. All he sees when he looks at you is Jesus covering on you. That's how you're saved by Jesus Christ, because you're covered. He doesn't see all those crazy things you've done, the wicked things and the sin. All he sees is the perfect atoning blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Friends, Jesus perfected. He satisfied and he fulfilled this big sacrificial system that we read about in Leviticus. The high priest went in as our mediator for the people. As we saw Aaron, he went in for the people. Aaron stood between the people and God to do this work. Likewise, Jesus, our mediator, he stands between our sin and Father God to be our mediator, to atone and cover our sins. Aren't you glad that this is our God, what he's done for us? Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.